Welcome and thank you for joining the Cass County Health Department HealthCast. Our HealthCast is here to bring discussion and awareness to the services that we offer here at the Health Department as well as ongoing and current issues in women's health. My name is Hillary Kelly and I'm here with Louise Yale. We're both health educators here at the Health Department, so with that, why don't we just jump right into our first topic. Today's topic that we're going to discuss is about stress management. April is Stress Awareness Month and has been recognized every April since 1992, but this year it seems particularly important to be familiar with due to the nature of our environment these days and how individuals may be suffering from various forms of stress. Uh, Stress can do a a number on our bodies that can lead to some pretty serious health risks. Learning to cope with our stress and finding healthy ways to deal with these situations can go a long way in living a healthy and productive life. So what does stress mean to you? Um, We all experience stress, yet we may experience it in very different forms. So according to the World Health Organization, stress can be explained as a state of worry or that of mental, physical, or emotional tension caused by a difficult or unexpected situation. So stress is a natural human response that prompts us to address challenges and threats in our lives. So since everyone experiences stress differently and in so many different forms, stress Stress can be defined and explained differently for everyone. So when you feel threatened or have a stressor come along, your body releases stress hormones, which prepare the body to respond. This is called the flight or, or fight or flight response. So everyone experiences it at different times. The stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol are released to prepare your body to react quickly to the stressors. This makes your heart beat faster, your muscles tighten up, you start to breathe faster, your blood pressure can rise, and your senses just become sharper so you're ready for that stressor. There are a few various types of stress that we should recognize so that we know what to do to keep ourselves healthy long term. So some of these various types can be short, but others can be persistent, which individuals should recognize in order to reduce those stressors to make adjustments in their lives so they don't get out of control and cause some major harm to you or your family. So the first one is acute stress, which most of us, which is the most common stress for all of us. All of us have it. This is found to be in short bursts and can be good or bad. This is your body's response to a recent or anticipated challenge or unexpected event. Again, this stressor can be good or bad. Good stress can include like starting a new job, buying a house, adding to your family, those types of things. Other types of acute stress can be not as good, such as like slamming on the brakes to avoid an accident, um, an argument with a friend or a partner, or maybe having to switch jobs unexpectedly. So there's lots of different types of stress and come can, some can come in big or small amounts, but it doesn't always last that long. Then there is what is called episodic acute stress, which is when a person experiences acute stress more frequently. If you experience more episodic acute stress, you may feel like you're always under pressure or that things are always going wrong in your life. This can be pretty exhausting, both mentally and physically. Experiencing this type of stress may affect the way you behave towards others and may indicate that you need to make some lifestyle changes, which overall may be a good thing to reduce those stressors. Then the last type of stress is called chronic stress. So this is an ongoing stress resulting from long-term emotional pressure. Some examples would be like a stressful job, an unhappy family situation, or money problems that persist long-term. So if you have chronic stress, your body experiences that that fight-or-flight response um, too frequently to recover between episodes. This means that your nervous system is constantly aroused or working hard, which is not good for your body. If it's left untreated, chronic stress can cause physical and mental health problems. 
So depending on your personal situation, you may not be able to change what's causing that chronic stress, but it is possible to find ways to manage the effects that chronic stress has on your health, which we'll discuss in a bit. So then what are the signs or different reactions to stress? So everyone is different in the signs or the reactions to stress, so they can vary greatly from one person to another. Stress makes it hard for us to relax and can come in a range of emotions, including anxiety and irritability. So other common, other common reactions or signs of stress can include like disbelief, um, shock or numbness, depending on the situation, you feeling sad, frustrated or helpless, you know, you have difficulty concentrating or making, uh, making good decisions. Um, you can, this can lead to, you know, anxiety, irritability and depression. It can be short term or long term. Um, you can have un- unintended hostility towards others and then also relationship problems that can cause, you know, more tension down the road. Um, stress can also cause a number of physical reactions or signs that we need to look out for, for as, or such as um, you can have headaches. I know that's a common one for a lot of people and other body aches. Um, you have upset stomachs such as, such as nausea or diarrhea, diarrhea or even heartburn. Um, so there's a number of like gastrointestinal issues that could occur. You can have trouble sleeping, which is a big one I know happens yeah. to a lot of people, right. which can lead to like more irritability, lack of concentration, headaches, or poor decision making. You may also lose your appetite, causing you to have weight loss, or even the ap- ap- opposite, you eat way too much, causing weight gain, which is called stress eating, which I know a lot of people do, I do yeah. sometimes. And then you may have an increase in use of like alcohol, tobacco, or other substances that are not good for us and our bodies even in the first place. So when you are placed in a stressful situation, specific stress hormones, like we talked about earlier, rush into your bloodstream, causing an increase in your heart rate, blood pressure, and glucose levels. This is helpful in emergency situations, but having this rush for extended periods of time can be dangerous and make you susceptible to issues uh, mentioned previously. Some of the biggest health issues that chronic stress, like we talked about that long-term stress, can lead to are high blood pressure, which eventually can lead to heart disease, heart attacks, and possibly strokes. So stress can lead to obesity as well due to possibly stress eating or making poor food choices or just lack of exercise due to that fatigue or other physical ailments such as like headaches or stomach issues. Some other health problems are diabetes, but due to adjusting blood sugars and stressor cells attacking other cells in your body, then possibly due to poor food choices, so that can cause diabetes. So everyone's a bit different as well, so other health issues that might not have been listed could come about due to excess and chronic stress. So if you are starting to experience out-of-the-ordinary health conditions, you need to go see your doctor and have a conversation about your lifestyle and see if stressors in your life are causing those issues or not. So now that we talked about some of the health issues, what are some ways we can combat stress? Everyone experiences stress in their own way. Stress can be very powerful over someone's mental capacity and mindset. So sometimes overcoming stress is more of a mental game than a physical one. We'll go over some tips on how to do various physical activities that can help with managing stress, but mentally relieving stress is the biggest battle. So one of the biggest things you want to combat with stress is to learn to overcome issues you cannot change, okay? So you cannot control everything, okay? No matter how hard you try, you cannot have control over everything. So trying to get over that mindset is the biggest hurdle. So learning to overcome the issues that you cannot change is one of the biggest ways to reduce and combat that stress. So other things you can think about are, you know, recognizing when you don't have control and let it go, you know, avoid 
getting in anxious situations that you cannot change or totally avoid situations where you know you get anxious if you can. So just trying to maybe avoid a situation if you don't, um, if you know you're going to get stressed. Um, Take control of your reactions and focus your mind on something that makes you calm and in control. Um, Develop a vision for healthy living, wellness, and personal growth. You can also, you know, in that healthy living and stuff, you can make those changes of adjusting those stressors. And then set realistic goals to help you realize your vision, okay? Everyone has a vision for themselves, and making small and simple steps to pursue them will help you to reduce those stressors. So here are some healthy ways to cope and reduce your stress. So the first one is take care of yourself, okay? If you know people, I know people have families, and they Mm -hmm. need to take care of them, but if you're not taking care of yourself as well, You'll not be able to be there to take care of them. So you need to make sure you take time for yourself when it is needed. Next one is keep a daily routine, okay? Having a daily schedule can help us to, you know, have our time efficiently and feel more in control. You know, try and set regular meals, um, time with your family members, exercise, daily daily chores, and other recreational activities that you find enjoyable. But again, remember... If something is out of your control, recognize it and let it go. You don't always have to have control of everything. Um, Next, eating healthy can really provide more nutrients, vitamins, and minerals to keep our body and mind happy and healthy, okay? So make sure you're eating a healthy diet for yourself. Make sure you are fueling your body with good, nutritious food. Your gut and your brain are constantly sending signals to one another. Your brain feels less stressed when your stomach is healthy and happy. So eat lots of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, your low-fat dairy, and protein sources. And then drink plenty of water and try and stay away from those high sugary drinks, caffeine, and then also try and limit your alcohol as well. So one of the next things you want to try and get into your life is get regular physical activity or exercise each day. Even a 20 to 30 minute walk a day is great for a great stress reliever and a good way to just clear your mind. Exercise has many health benefits and releases those great endorphins to keep your mind happy and healthy. So you want to try and aim for at minimum 150 minutes of physical activity or exercise a week. And that can include like walking, swimming, um, riding your bicycle. You can do some resistance or weight training and even yoga. So just trying to get active. And you want to make sure you include activities that you find enjoyable and will be more willing to do regularly. Another important thing that we need to think about for stress is sleep. Sleep and rest is a very important aspect of keeping stress at bay. Sleep lets your body and mind to settle, repair, and rejuvenate in order to fully recover from the day before. So it allows us to regenerate cells all over our body. So I know it's sometimes hard, but we need to try and get seven to eight hours of good quality sleep a night. So some tips here are trying to stick to a bedtime routine. It will help you to make sure that you're staying on track. Um, If possible, make your sleep area quiet, dark, and a relaxing space with a comfortable temperature. So a cooler room will help you fall asleep faster. Mm -hmm. Another thing I kind of heard the other day was kind of fascinating was your brain needs to get to an ideal temperature before it gets to that sleep mode. And sometimes it's like two to three degrees cooler than what you might think. So trying to have a cooler temperature in your room helps. Um, you want to make sure you limit your use of electronic devices, such as like TVs, computers, and smartphones before sleeping. Uh, avoid large meals, caffeine, and alcohol before bedtime because that can cause some gastrointestinal issues there. 
Um, and then lack of sleep can really put us in a bad mood. So our cause of, you know, can cause us to lack concentration and reaction, our reaction time to be low. So you want to make sure you're getting as much rest as you can. Give yourself a break if you feel stressed. And again, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Now, like I said, I know sometimes sleep can be hard when your brain is going all sorts of different directions. So maybe incorporating some different relaxation techniques before bed could help with releasing those stressors. So things like meditation, you got breathing exercises, you can do some journaling, or even some light yoga or stretching are just a few examples that could help to clear the mind. There are so many various apps out there and resources um, that could help in relaxing relaxation techniques that could be done in the comfort of your own home. The next thing to remember um, when you're trying to reduce stress is share your problems and connect with others. You don't want to keep them inside or keep your uh, emotions inside. Um, you share your problems on how you're feeling and coping with like a family member, a friend. You can do a teacher, counselor, or someone that you just trust that will help you to relieve that from your mind. Okay, You don't want to always keep it inside. Letting your feelings out and being known can really help to just relieve some of that anxiety, that frustration that you might be having. Connecting with others can lift our moods and help us to feel less stressed. Uh, you don't want to have to keep them all bottled up inside because, you know, when you want to stop, we want to try and stop the stigma of people needing to keep things to themselves or bottled up. That's not yeah. the case anymore. Yeah. Okay, we want to make sure you're, you're getting those feelings out because, again, we talked about that chronic stress, that physical, how physical... Um, health problems could have come, come about. So you need to make sure you are speaking up if you're feeling sad, down, you know, frustrated and depressed to someone, or just let me know that you need to get your stress out in a healthy manner. So another way we can combat stress is to find activities that you enjoy doing. So this could be as simple as watching a funny movie or videos on your phone or listening to your favorite music. Finding things and activities you enjoy can really help to lift the spirit and allow your mind to get away from those stressors that might be bothering you, kind of clear your mind from that. With that, you want to limit your time following the news and social media as well. These platforms are full of, you know, negative and mostly sad news that really can bring us down. Um, it can increase your stress and frustration, but again, remembering if you cannot control the situation or if it doesn't personally affect you, let it go because you cannot change that situation. So. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is just make sure you recognize when you need help, okay? Again, we kind of talked about the stigma back of, like, how we're trying to, you know, combat that, that you don't have to keep your feelings inside, okay? Recognize when you need help. You might not know it at first. You may think, oh, it's just normal life, you know, yeah. but most times it's not, and you need to speak to someone about getting more help. Speaking to your doctor or physician is a good step to recognize if you need to see a counselor or a social worker, a therapist, or even a psychologist, Everyone has stress, and you don't have to go at it alone. So help is available for you when recognizing, and recognizing is the first step. Even if you think it might be small, please reach out. Okay, There are some great apps as well out there for therapy at home if you choose to go that route. Um, there are so many options out there for you, so please do not hesitate to seek help if you need to. So we just went over stress in everyday lives and just kind of normal, you know, everyday people. But I think a big thing we don't always think about is maternal mental health. So Hillary's going to talk a little bit more about maternal health that we might not see as common as our in, in our everyday lives. So Hillary, why don't you take it over? Yeah. So, you know, stress comes along with being a parent or having a household and mm -hmm. um, being pregnant or even, you know, trying to become pregnant. So yeah. there's... A tremendous amount of stress in those factors. Um, 
and like you said, you you can't always control it. Yeah. You know, these right. things take their course how they how the course goes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that being said, I, I do think that we've come a really long way in being really respectful of people when yeah. they express that they're feeling stressed. You know, I think that there was once a time where people felt like it was a mind over matter type of thing. And, right, right. Oh, forget about it. Brush it off. Yeah. Um, I think that in the day and age that we're in now, mm-hmm. we know much better. So... Well, we've seen, I think, the consequences yes. of of more people holding it in and mm-hmm. not not being not speaking that way. So yes. I think we've realized mm-hmm. that we definitely need not to do that. I agree. There's definitely been consequences to be seen. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, and it is hard to not feel like you're in control of things when it comes to your fertility, your pregnancy, your birth. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, just the things that occur when a child enters your life, you yeah. know. Um, some stress is easier to maintain, can help you kind of learn how to regulate mm-hmm. your new life as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's helpful to kind of be a little more in touch with it, like, you know, getting a plant, let's say. Yeah. You can water it, you can nurture it, you can grow it. Like, it's, it's just, it's soothing, it's relaxing, you know. Mm-hmm. There are small things like that that I think make a really big difference, and they promote mindfulness. So a lot of what, um, when it comes to stress, and you're talking about pregnancy and all these things, people often are like, well, you know, oh, well, you're pregnant, so do your life less, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just isn't possible. So if you're taking care of other children, you know, like... And you're on not you're not feeling well, and you're still working, and you know it's just a mm-hmm. it's a time in life that you don't experience very often, so it's different every time. You don't know how you're going to feel, and just the just the generals are stressful. Right. So, right. Um, I think that it's important to actually give um, women trying to conceive, uh, pregnant women and postpartum moms like realistic goals, mm-hmm. reasonable things about managing their stress. So yeah. um, with that, we'll talk a little bit about mindfulness and mindfulness-based practices. So mindfulness is simply just defined as being more aware of what you're experiencing when you're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So, And that comes without judgment as well, yeah. just being in the moment. So mindfulness is a really good way to treat stress naturally during your pregnancy. And research shows that mindfulness is linked to improvements in mood, improvements in depression, anxiety, sleep, and interpersonal communications, and Mm self-compassion. So during stressful times, mindfulness can help you calm your body, appreciate the fleeting moments of your pregnancy. Yeah. And, you know, there's simple tips that kind of come along with it just to get you going. Mm Mm-hmm. So when the stress feeling comes on, just simply breathe by just connecting with your breath and following the inhalation and the exhalation cycle Mm -hmm. without trying to control or change the breath. You're practicing being mindful. Mm -hmm. So your breathing is a great resource to ground your body and focus the mind when you're feeling completely overwhelmed. Right. So, and you can label the feeling. So instead of getting caught up in this, like, emotional distress, Mm -hmm. you're feeling this way, your maternal worry, and why you're feeling that way, just practice just labeling that feeling. Give it one word, say it to yourself, and notice it. Yeah. So 
really when you're doing that, you're just you're narrowing it down right, to right. something that you have a better chance of yeah. taking a hold of. Um, like you said before, using apps. Mm-hmm. So the apps have really come a long way as oh, well. Oh my gosh, yeah. And they're Definitely. amazing. Yeah. So using apps, there are many, many great apps out there available for your smartphone, for your watches, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. that will guide you along in these mindful-based practices. So I, I know that Apple Watch at this point just comes with... Yeah, mine does. It also will buzz at me and it'll say, take a moment. I'm like, oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah, I might yeah, need right. to. Yeah. Like in the morning and yep. stuff, mine's always telling me to, mm-hmm. you know, do that. So um, some of the ones like Calm or Butterfly are out there too. So when you're just starting out, it's helpful to have the assistance of an audio guide yeah. you know, through your practice. Yeah. So I know we've talked about this before, sleep. Enhancing your sleep quality is hard. Yeah, it definitely can be. I know yeah. it's hard for a lot of people. But it's worth a shot. Yeah, you can You can try. <laughs> you definitely can, try. You can try. So, you know, if you're in pregnancy, so your body is changing, the size of it, the shape of it, you're getting up more, you're probably yeah. going to be going to the bathroom, you're going to be in the night. So just your restful sleep is really, really difficult to come by. So... When you're practicing healthy sleep habits, you can promote better rest during this time, which also helps minimize the stress levels during the day. So sleep is especially important for physical and psychological health. And while you should aim for seven to nine hours of sleep per night, um, don't let that get in your way of feeling like, oh, I got six and a half, or I got six. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't stress on the stress, Yeah, you know, if you can. Um so some strategies to improve it can be like, although your pregnancy brings on fatigue, you can try to cut down your naps during the day mm-hmm. so that you're able to kind of get that more fuller, full hours, deeper yeah. rest, um, mm-hmm. avoid the caffeine when yeah. you're closer to bedtime. Um, same thing with the foods, you know, try to be aware of what you're eating before you lie down to sleep. Like, heavy, rich foods, fatty, fried mm-hmm. foods, even citruses, like citrus fruits, and especially in pregnancy, that reflux is like yeah, it can really yeah, yeah cause some heartburn and reflux. Carbonated there. beverages, yep. so and you can get adequate exposure to light during the day, so you can sleep at night in a room that's cool and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then you're, and if you're in your postpartum period, um, breastfeeding, the research has shown time and time again that breastfeeding promotes more sleep. Yeah. So I think that there are a million and one myths do's don't do's Mm -hmm. about you getting sleep and your baby getting sleep um and it's always very good to be very leery of those you know it's typically inaccurate for development to follow rules and guidelines associated with forcing sleep on an infant right sleep training on an infant um giving a baby solids too soon Mm -hmm. because it makes people believe the baby is fuller Therefore, the mom is going to get more sleep because the baby sleeps. All those are inaccurate. Yeah. They're developmentally poor recommendations. Right, so right. breastfeeding moms, while you are actually getting up every couple of hours around the clock, you can still um, safely breastfeed your child in mm-hmm. a safe sleep space, and mm-hmm. then both of you will get much more rest by yeah. doing so, sure. especially as they age. So another tip is get moving. So women in all of the childbearing, you know, preconception, pregnant mm-hmm. women, postpartum women, regular exercise helps pregnant women especially better manage their stress. Yeah. So um, there's so much 
in that period of time that what you do is affecting, you know, the remainder of your pregnancy and how your birth goes right. and everything else. So um, they promote good quality sleep. You can improve psychological well-being. And pregnant women are encouraged to exercise 20 to 30 minutes every day. Mm-hmm. But even as little as 10 minutes of aerobic exercise, like walking, these things go a long way. That's the thing. Little, I mean, you can do little, little increments. It, anything is better than yeah, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Anything's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. And there's times in pregnancy where you can't tolerate anything much longer. So right. Just listen to your body. I mean, Yeah, you don't have to push it or anything. Right. Like prenatal yoga and all of these types of things. I know we've talked about those before, but those promote wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, breathing exercises, those come in real handy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the race to the finish there. Yeah. And the labor and delivery portion of it, breathing is really how you can how you can manage and ride mm-hmm. the wave through. So, you know, or you can you just find an activity that you enjoy mm-hmm. and you just schedule brief bouts of that right into right. your day. Yeah, for sure. And then you'll feel good when it's done. Yeah. You know, definitely. sometimes it's like you just gotta get over the hump. But mm-hmm. once it's done you'll feel a lot better. Yeah. Got those good endorphins, that blood flow all yeah. the way through. So Yeah. It helps a lot. So social connections and support, um, this is important too. And so obviously all these things are important, you know, whether you're, you know, in the maternal phase of your life or not, you Mm -hmm. know, but having the right kind of of support and the right amount of support when you need it is an important factor for pregnancy and postpartum health. So if ever there was a time to ask or accept help from people or friends and family, it is now. So accepting help can sometimes be even harder than asking for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, it's, you know, during your pregnancy and in those early days after the baby comes, that time is, you know, was what a time to be alive there. I mean, you got to, if people are yeah. offering to wash the dishes or right, whatever, you right. know, go for it. So yeah. there's different types of social <laughs> supports. Like, for example, emotional support comes from having someone in your life from whom you receive empathy, love, understanding, and caring, and who takes pride in your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Whereas instrumental support comes from having someone that you can count on, someone provide help when you need it and assist you with concrete tasks. So here's a few tips just for getting some support you need so you can identify the type of support that you need. Not everyone will be able to support us in every way. Right. Right. So identify those in your life who may have the best way of supporting you, the best for tangible support. So, like, if you need help cooking meals, mm-hmm. vacuuming the floor, you need to figure out who those I people I say take, be. yeah, take uh, advantage of those people's strengths that they offer. Right. Yeah. So, like, those who might be best for emotional support may yeah. not always yeah. be the best to do the, the other mm-hmm. things. You know, mm-hmm. they are, they're in a space, too, probably, where... They want to help, but they've got a way to do it. Mm-hmm. So and you need to speak up and ask them for the help. And so people that care about us often want to help, but they don't know how. You right. Know? So, so maybe give them some tasks. Maybe have a list of things yeah. that you need done yep. that they can choose from. And I think there's even, like, apps, of course, with the apps, mm-hmm. where you can sign up. Oh. You know, like, it'll be like yeah. a chart. You know, oh, like, okay. can you do That's a meal? Cool. Yeah. Can you take out the trash? Or can you, you know, be around for a visit? Yeah. Or can you yeah. walk the dog? You know, just something that they can, like, choose mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. So um, you can also join a pregnancy or a parenting group. So we those are, you know, they can be in person. Like, um, La Leche League International has in-person groups all across the world. 
um, they can have them like through your clinic or hospital. So there's online support as well, which, you know, during the last three years has been the only way that people have been getting support whatsoever. So I think the changeover is still happening. I Mm -hmm. still think it's, there's a ton of online resources still available. So, um, and they've developed so well that they're, they're good to use. So, um, and if somebody offers you the support, you know, try and accept it. Even if, you know, you're like, ugh, no, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want Give it a try. Just try yeah. it, you yeah. know, kind of see just, all right, well, let's, sure. You know, so when people offer to help, it's, it, it's just their way of trying to show support to you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mindfulness is just, again, about living in the moment, taking the moment for what it is without judgment. Right. So allowing people in at a hard time just promotes growth yeah. within your Absolutely. environment. So like you don't have to do it alone. Don't again, we're trying to break yeah. that stigma of like you need to do it by yourself. Push through, yeah, don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. We need we need to just stay healthy and mentally healthy for right. long term. So. Right. And you gotta find those ways to lighten your load. Mm-hmm. Be one of the best tools that you have in your toolbox. And then mm-hmm. the other great factor about being mindful too and just you can return the favor yeah, for somebody absolutely. else. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's nice to be able to bring a sense of community back to our lives post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. So another really important thing to know, so during your pregnancy, um, especially after your pregnancy, we know stress is going to happen. We know there's going to be ABC, right. da-da-da thing. There is a difference between postpartum mood disorders and these types of stress. Mm -hmm. So if you're a person who has experienced, you know, chronic or even acute anxiety issues or depression, you're much more susceptible to be experiencing those in the postpartum period. They're different in the postpartum. So they come out similarly, but they have different results. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not handled um properly i think one of the biggest barriers again is asking for help so typically in the postpartum period you know your providers are going to ask you you're going to be going to the doctor a lot you're going to be going to the pediatrician a lot you're going to go to the ob in six weeks so they're going to ask you how you're doing how you're coming along and being honest being truthful is super important yes Please be honest. Yes. And it can get into your mind that you're okay. You know, you're literally fighting a mental battle. Mm-hmm. So if your partner hasn't noticed or your family members haven't noticed, um, speak up, say something, be honest. In the case of postpartum mood disorders, it saves lives. Mm-hmm. So definitely, um, things can change very quickly, but it's very manageable. And you won't lose your baby. Yeah. You won't lose your children. You won't have to sacrifice anything to be better. Right. So um, Postpartum Support International has a hotline that's available. I think the average, um, it's 24-7, mm-hmm. but the, the state of Illinois has a has a mental health hotline too and both average about 25 seconds of a wait time. Wow, so that's really good. 25 seconds is, you know, think about how many lives that's saved yeah, by absolutely. people dialing the number. So mm-hmm. um the CDC has a lot of resources, of course, on their page yeah. about postpartum mood disorder, but it's very treatable. It goes away. You know, baby blues is one thing, but postpartum stress and anxiety are something that um, most women 
are very susceptible to. Yep. So. so if you are struggling and need help, someone is always there to listen. There's a number of resources that you can reach out to to help you if you are feeling a lot of stress, anxiousness, or depression. So here at CCHD, or the clinic that we have, are we have a great staff of behavioral health counselors that would be a great assistance to anyone that would like to speak to a professional about stress, anxiety, or depression. Um, you can reach out to our clinic to get an appointment at uh, 217-452-3057 for our Virginia office or 217-323-2242 for our Beardstown office. Um, Memorial Health also has some great services with easy access, such as their behavioral health emotional support line, which is free. Um, it's a free confidential hotline available to anyone experiencing anxiety, depression, or, or other behavioral health concerns. Um, they are available Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., including holidays at 217-588-5509. There is also the mobile crisis response, which is an alternative to uh, the emergency room. This offers clinicians who provide a combination of face-to-face and telehealth evaluations in community settings to patients experiencing mental health crisis. They will attempt to resolve, you know, immediate crisis and facilitate referrals when warranted. They can be reached at 217-788-7070 and are available 24-7, 365 days a year. And then there is the Memorial Health uh, Clinic, Behavioral Health Clinics, which provide outpatient mental health services in Jacksonville, Lincoln, Springfield, and Taylorville. You can call to speak with a mental health professional for immediate emotional support. Um, you can also connect with services and community resources for ongoing support. And then you can learn more information and also schedule an appointment. And these clinics are open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and can be reached at 217-525-1064. Then if you are in a situation where you have reached a deep state of anxiety or depression or you may be having thoughts of suicide or having major crisis, there is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. The number is 988, so pretty re- easy to remember, and it's open 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. So these are where you can be routed to trained counselors nearest you so you can get the help, okay? And then if you are in need of immediate emergency assistance, please call 911, okay? You do not, please do not hesitate for any reason. Please call to help yourself or someone you love. So that is all that we have for today. We hope that this HealthCast has been informative and helpful to our listeners. We bring information to you to educate and enlighten the public on the importance of various health concerns and topics that would be beneficial to the improvement of health and well-being for the community. Funding for this podcast was provided in whole or in part by the Illinois Department of Public Health, the Office of Women's Health. The Cass County HealthCast is a project of the Cass County Health Department in Cass County, Illinois. Information given in today's podcast is not the personal opinions or views of those speaking and is information gathered and distributed for the sole purpose of health education and promotion. If you have any questions or you would like to suggest a topic, please call the Cass County Health Department at 217-452-3057 and ask for Louise or Hillary. Also, you can visit us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter Or you can visit us on our website at www.cascohealth.org. So thanks for listening, and until next time, stay well.